Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. We're in a series in the book of Ephesians, Rags to Riches. It's the third volume of of Ephesians that I've been preaching. And we're on this theme in the month of November, talking about the liberation that we have in Jesus. And uh, we're going to stay. One of my buddies that's here today asked me if I was going to possibly incorporate a little bit of uh, the book of Hebrews in today's message. And I said, nope, we're going to be in Ephesians 1, 7, and 8 for the rest of the month. Um, hey, have, how many of you know, uh, have, have ever heard of the word uh, wudja? You ever heard of the word wudja? Wudja? You have heard the word wudja? Uh, if, if, I, I think about people that are from other parts of the world or, and they're trying to learn English. Well, there's learning English and then there's learning Appalachian English. And uh, I can imagine somebody from, from Spain or whatever with their English dictionary trying to find wudja, W-A-E. No, wudja is what later on in the day when someone says, what'd your pastor preach on? That's, that's wudja, wudja. So for the whole month, I'm going to be preaching on Ephesians 1, 7, and 8. Imagine such a thing. Um, I've never been lost in the woods, and I don't plan on becoming ever lost in the woods, but... I've heard that if you're going to take a deep trek in, it, 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 the way to find your way back out is to, is to mark things on the way in and just follow those signposts back. Well, we're going to do a message today called Signposts to the Presence and Power of God from Ephesians 1, 7, and 8. And this is the passage we began last week, and it says this, in him we have, remember that? In him we have redemption, the English says redemption. The original says in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding and on and on it goes. There is no punctuation mark in the writing of Paul in this from what we would call verse 13 to 19. He just rolls. So scholars are still debating where you cut that uh, part right there. So, uh, and and then my same buddy asked me if I was going to nerd out into Greek words again today. And I said, of course I am. Of course I am. And uh, so we're going to do that, but not not in detail uh, today. In him, in him. When you read the Greek language, you find that the, the endings of words are signposts themselves. They indicate something that you can miss in the English translation, but it, it, it strikes you very clearly, and, 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 and it's, it's, so, it's so encouraging to me, and I, I just have to point this out to you. In him, at the end of that word him, there is, the, the way the word is, 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 is spelled in the Greek language, it indicates a case ending, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. In this one, in him, where you see my abbreviation, dat, see dat? That right there stands, that right there, would ya? That right there stands for uh, dative. And that word simply means um, 
indicates location or place. In a certain location, we have, and what we said last week, we have is, uh, and I'm going to use a volunteer later, maybe. Um, I got a different coat. Someone asked me if I'm trying to hint that I needed somebody to take it to dry cleaners for. We probably do. Um, in him, we have. It means that something's been given to us, pressed into our lives. In him, we have. And now today, I want us to see this. We've talked about the redemption, and we're going to go back to that in the next two weeks after this week. But now we're going to find out that there is something that causes the redemption. In him, in this location, in Christ, we have, and then I broke this phrase down, through the blood, his. Because in the Greek, when you read it, it doesn't have these other words that they fill in in the English translation. It says in him, and then it says we have through the blood, his. The blood, his. And if you read it in, the, in our language, it, it says through his blood, but, but in the Greek it says the blood. And it's indicating again the redemption, the forgiveness, the blood. The Holy Spirit is trying to say something to, to all of us. There is no other location. And the, in the only location, the redemption, the forgiveness comes from the blood him. The Holy Spirit is, is highly shining something here. It's a trumpet, if you will, blast in, in the grammar there, making a lasting impression to the reader. This whole thing is about the redemption. And this whole thing is about a location where the redemption and the forgiveness takes place and the activation of it is the blood his, him. It's pointing to him all through, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I think that's Paul's favorite saying through any of his letters, in Christ, in Christ, followed by Jesus, 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 Jesus. A Holy Ghost man talks about Jesus more than he talks about himself. And a Holy Ghost church does the same thing. When the Holy Spirit is really working in a church, we're only interested in people hearing about Jesus. Not about us, about Jesus. About Jesus, right? So in him is dative. It's talking about a location. But the word blood has a different case ending. It's not dative, it's genitive. Um, it's where we get the idea of origin, possession. Um, sometimes when you see of or through the, it can, it, it's the same. Of Christ, of God, the gospel of God. It talks about the origin of the gospel, but what we miss in this genitive case in the English is not only are we talking about, a, well, the place is the dad of in him, that's the place. Again, and I'm going to say this over and over. And he doesn't do this. The gospel's for anyone at any place. There is no mountain. There is no temple. As Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, a time is coming and now is when it will not matter whether you worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Because God is spirit, right? 
And those who worship him, worship him in spirit, in the location, dadav, in spirit, and in aletheia, in reality. In reality. How many think the world needs a little bit of, re- a lot of bit of reality? Yeah. So the place, when we go to the place, and if he said, hey, if you will go to 11507 Moss Avenue, that's where you are if you didn't know, for listening and going to the place which would be fathing the voice, when you arrive in that place, I will position you before me holy and blameless. I will position you forgiven all past, present, future of your sin in the data, in the place, and I will, and then all the other, all the other blessings that are mentioned in Ephesians 1, which we'll look at later on. But those things that you get in the location are in a genitive case, which means not only do you own them in him, not only do you possess them positionally, but you possess them experientially. What if every time you came into this building, you felt the liberating, heart-building, sin-melting presence of Jesus? Whether we feel it or not, the reality is, in Christ, it's always going on. That's what we're saying. We not only have a position in a place, but we have a possession. And that possession of all that's offered, all that's offered in him that Paul mentions, all of it, is activated by what we're looking at here. Through the blood, which is genitive case, his When we come into the place, when we come to Christ, we are loosed from another position and another possession. Before we're in Christ, and listen, you can be in a church building and not be in Christ. You can have the Bible in your head, but not have the Spirit of God in your heart. But when we go in Christ in faith, he comes into us and we are loosed from a position and a possession. The psalmists many times talk about God taking us out of the hand of the enemy. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. Out of the enemy's hand. We have been taken out positionally from in sin of death of the law of sin and death out of it separated from it and positioned in a completely different place let me tell you what in Christ there is no sin that means that you can be walking out of sin experientially But once you're in him, you walk out of the power of that possession positionally. So if you've been a Christian for five minutes, if you got saved last night after coming out of somewhere that you had no business being in, and something made you go, what have I done? I need to, 
at that very minute, positionally, you are as set free as the greatest Christian you've ever known in your life, positionally. But positionally, positionally doesn't mean necessarily that you're walking in the Genesis case of the location you're in. And that's why Paul prays two times before he gets to the fourth chapter of the letter he's writing because he knows the light of the Spirit must shine into the soul of you and I so that I become experientially what I already am positionally. And what I'm telling you in this message, God is showing us the signposts to the presence and the power. The reason I say it in that order is because the power is only in the presence. Oh, my friends, it makes no difference what sign is in the yard of your denominational distinctive. Not to put down, because let me tell you, there are some places where it is and some places where it ain't. And I'm not saying that to put down anything, but listen, when you need God, you need more than a confessional doctrinal decree. You, that's important. That's a compass. But what you need is Jesus in the house. People say, well, isn't God everywhere? Yeah, he is, but he's not manifesting everywhere because he manifests when people are like Cornelius in Acts 10. He saw a vision of an angel, was told to send for a man named Simon who was living down by the seashore in Joppa and bring him and listen to whatever he says. And Simon Peter hears that and goes because the Spirit says, go with them and doubt nothing. What's he doing? He's shifting into the dative mode. He is going to a location. Guess what? When you go where God wants you to go, God will meet you on the other side of go. Mm. Time is it. When you go where God wants you to go, he will meet you on the other side of go. A lot of times we don't see the manifestation because God isn't going to come where we want him to be. He wants us to come where he is. And you can be in the same church and not have to go anywhere else. But we have to go with God as a people. Because when you go with God, we're going into the genesis, genitive of the dative. You with me, nerds? Some nerdy, some nerdy things can get you fired up. You can nerd out and maybe fall into the power. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know. How many of you know, uh, this is important. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about being out of, being in position, but you're out of position You've wandered, you're struggling, you've tried everything, you pray a lot, all this stuff. All these things in the right way, in the Genesis case, prayer is important, but praying in works or guilt doesn't necessarily change your life. But when you respond, it's not about doing something. It's about saying, God, 
Cornelius said to Peter when he came across the threshold, which was a step of faith. He said, here we are. I love this. Here we are. He's in his house. Here we are in the presence of God with all these people waiting to hear what you have to say from God. And Peter begins to tell him about Jesus and he doesn't even get close to being done. He doesn't say if the band will return. He is talking. He's not even ready to do the altar call. He is just talking and, and the Holy Spirit falls on these people because sometimes you're so primed to get into the dative. You're so primed to get where God wants you to be. You're like, would you quit it so I can get healed? Would you quit preaching on healing? I want to get healed now. Would you just end the service because I'm ready to get set free from these powers. I'm ready to get filled with all. You've been talking about the Holy Spirit filling me. Would you please let us get to fill me? That's how people become irresistible to God. Irresistible. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God, and a double-minded person shouldn't ever think they'll receive, here it is, anything from the Lord. But God's in the everything business, not the anything business. He is just trying to show you the way to get into the right location where the genesis of the power of the blood is. I want to talk about that for a minute. Signposts. Yeah, you guys are where, you guys are where I need to be, I think. Signposts lead to the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. I've been talking about this. I've been talking about this. So, um, the blood, his, the Holy Spirit, the reason why it's so important that we present the word like this and we preach and we focus on what the Holy Spirit focuses on, because what the Holy Spirit is always focusing on is Jesus the person and Jesus in his power. Jesus the person and Jesus in his power. That's what the Holy Spirit is on, because when he, the Holy Spirit wants to convict people outside of in Christ, convict them of their condition, of their possession, and in some level, possession. Convict them of their disobedience and their stance and their future. The Holy Spirit can do that way better than we can. There is no law, there is no law that can be enforced in a, in a, in a country that can bring people who don't want to be righteous into righteousness. You're seeing that played out before your eyes. Right or wrong, there has to be an awakening. There, if someone's going to give up everything to follow Jesus, they have to see the treasure that's been hidden in a field. And when you see it, you go, why? Did it take me 35 years of my life to see this? I don't need anything. I want to follow Jesus. You leave everything. The Holy Spirit is really good at convicting that. But I'll tell you, just as passionate, the Holy Spirit is just as passionate about people who believe in Christ, who are in Christ. He is just as passionate about you and I not being convicted, but convinced. convinced that what we have doctrinally, 
What we have positionally, we can have experientially. He wants you to know that you're in Christ, and in Christ it's always windy. In Christ, it's always wet. In Christ, the food's on the table. In Christ, the power is always there. And God wants us there because it's, it's in Christ that we experience the blood his, the blood him. It's in a Genesis idea, meaning that when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and said it's finished and the ground shook, it still shakes. When the people came out of the tombs, they're still coming out of the tombs in spiritual form all around the world. Because the blood that shed on Calvary's hill is in the Genesis case even now. Jesus' blood is still powerful. It's still saving. It still is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the emancipating force of redemption. The blood of Jesus is the powerful force of forgiveness. And we'll dive into forgiveness at another time. But look what the blood does. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, but now in, see that? You'll never, see, now because we, I nerded you out. Now when you see it, you're going to think date of case. And when you see of Christ, you're going to go, oh, that just doesn't mean ownership. That means I'm in a position where I experience this, of Christ. You're in the Genesis case. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, love this, Here's what the blood has done. Has done before you even got here. Has brought you near to God. Near to God. Near to God. How did you get near to God? Did you get near to God by um, feeling? Did you get near to God by trying? Did you get near to God by figuring out what Christianity is and trying to do a little bit of it? A little? Listen, Christianity is not a do. Christianity is a done. In one location, not will worship, not willpower to will away the darkness of my soul. No, it's taking whatever I am and doing the only thing he said to do. Go to the place. Go to the place. Go to Jesus, because when you're with Jesus, when you're in Christ, Jesus is the redeeming power. Jesus is the forgiving power. Jesus is the uplifting power. Jesus is the healing power. Jesus is the feeding power. Jesus is the living power. Jesus is the illumination. It's not you trying to figure it out. It's connecting in him in the data of case, and he'll take you. He'll guide you. He'll fill you. He'll help you. It's not, I want to pray to get strong. You don't have to get strong. Get with the strong. Get where the strong is. Get where the living one. I am. He said, you're not. He didn't say you am. He said, I am. <laughs> what we am is in deep need to be with the I am. And the enemy wants to tell you all the reasons why you're not qualified to be with the I am. Even after being a Christian. If you're under the law and under performance mode, measuring yourself 
with somebody else, you, there's always somebody closer, whatever that means. But if you're with Jesus, you got a minute? But now, this is, please, and God knows, I just want to say for the, those who watch me to catch me on some word I might say. Um, the, I'm going to say this is in Christ, but please, if there's a YouTube up that I'm saying that my jacket is Jesus Christ. Because that's how they do. That's how they do. That's how they do. I'm not saying my jacket's Jesus Christ. But with that said, this is Christ Jesus. Clothed in Christ Jesus, right? Brother, I got you a different one this week. This one's American Eagle. And no, I'm not going to give this one to you. I would have given you last week's, but not this week's. But it does need dry clean. But anyway, Pastor, appreciate Anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Listen to this verse. Look. But now, Ollie is in Christ Jesus, whether he feels like he is, but now he's in Christ, because Christ Jesus, Jesus, per, the person is the right hand, but Christ in you, Christ on you, how much closer can you get than this? But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, you've been brought near this came on you by the blood of Christ. See that? So the signpost, the, the signpost of, of, of presence is this. So we don't pray the presence down. God would be more interested in us praising the presence up. Say not who will go to heaven and bring Christ the anointing down. The words near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Clothed in Christ Jesus. Okay? So that's the position you're in. But we're not only positioned. F.F. F. Bruce, one of my favorite British scholars, says to be in Christ is to be graced. So you're enfolded. You are clothed in the I am grace. The in the Genesis grace, not just position, not just doctrine, I don't mean just, but the point the Holy Spirit is trying to make to all of us is that there isn't anything you can do to make you close to God when you're close to God. But having an understanding from the Spirit of how being close to God unfolds in my life is the journey of the believer. But when we're told we're not close to God or God leaves us if we, if we don't live up to a thing or whatever, mind you, there are things that can, you know, make life really messed up, right? I'm not talking about having license to sin. or I'm not talking about that. Not talking about that. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about, because listen, I could get up here and preach and call out every aspect of your sin nature and mine. Every bit of it. And do it in such a way that by the end of the service, 75% of you would probably be in the altar crying out to God. 
And we could say, wow, God really moved today because everybody got right with God. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by got right with God? It does mean something. But those same people, if they don't know how to live in the coat, they're going to live in sin. So convicting of sin is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. But I have found in my own life the liberty from the things I hate didn't come from praying harder. Came from an awakening to the fact that I am in Christ what I can never be by an act of religious fervor, willing. Instead of my upping willpower, my, my upping my willpower game, I've thrown my will into the location where the power is. You see what I'm saying? You look better in that than I do, brother. It's yours if you want it. Okay, he doesn't. Oh, you're rich and increased of goods and have no need of nothing. Is that what you're trying to say? All right. Give Ollie a hand if you would, please. All right. All right. So, I'm going to do one more slide. I'm going to do the Watchman Knee slide a minute. Just wait for me. Then we'll be done. We'll be done. Um, Esau. Esau wanted his father's blessing that would position him in a place of riches and power. But he loved other things more and he, and he, he forfeited his birthright. But his father Isaac loved him and he was elderly and probably wasn't all there all the time and, and his sight was really going away. But <clears throat> Jacob's mother wanted Jacob to have the blessing. Hey, I don't think they passed parent school, but God in his providence and his sovereignty, hey, work this out because in God's providence, God selected Jacob over Esau. Yeah, right. You figure that out? Get with me later. I don't know. That's not the point. But the point is, his mother said, I want you to wear the essence of Esau. And go into, I'll fix, I'll fix up the meal for you. And you take that in, he, the wild game. You take it in and receive the blessing. He'll think you're Esau. Right? And he did. Was that right? No. But he did. And the fragrance of Esau and the touch of Esau by Jacob triggered a response immediately that the Holy Spirit spoke the blessings out on this supplanter Jacob, this deceiver Jacob, who received the blessings. And let me tell you, you know why he received them? Because Jacob would, down the road, in God's little plan of how he's going to get Jacob to see the light, knew he would respond and knew Esau wouldn't. So Esau doesn't get the blessing. Jacob does. He carries the Messianic blessing. 
And through that, you and I are in Christ. Now, God can see everything. And none of us can fool him. But it's not about us. His son got the blessing. And when he went in before the father, having paid the price in the blood for all of us, this is mind-blowing. We who were living out the Jacob Esau game, Jesus took upon himself all of that sin, all of it, every bit of it, from, from Adam to you, to everyone that will live until he comes back. And with his blood, let's go there. I got this from Watchman Nee. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, there it is. From Watchman Nee's book in the, the Normal Christian Life. His blood speaks in heaven. His blood speaks to hell. His blood speaks to hearts. So here, here, here's where we're gonna end. When, when, when you and I go into the location of Christ, it starts at the cross. It starts at the cross. And we come as we are to the cross. And we fade. I mean, we fade. We don't just sit there and confess. We fade. It's like when you go to the pool, you don't sit on the in the concrete and say you went swimming. No, you went to the pool. Faith, swimming is you're in. You go into the location of the water and you're wet. You can't dive into a swimming pool and not get wet. And you feel that. But when you dive into Christ by faith, you don't always feel it. But if you move by faith, God feels it. God does something about it. God speaks on you the blessing that he speaks on Jesus. And so it's not fooling God. It's not fooling yourself. It's faithing what, I, what the Holy Spirit is shining these signposts. In him, the blood his. In him, the blood his becomes your set free from set free to with not only position but power power and that's that's why God can not only say about you but that's why when we do this this isn't just an individualistic you and God thing the Corinthian church was rebuked by Paul because they had turned communion into a self and only self thing between them and God and it was all it was messed up for a lot of reasons but the big point Paul made about examining yourself had nothing to do with I've had people through my ministry over a couple decades I'll say three who told me after church I didn't take communion because I got in a fight with right before and I didn't feel worthy and it says examine yourself and I didn't want God to kill me I thought what? Where do, where, did, where do we pick this stuff up? 
That passage has nothing to do with that. Examining yourself in that passage means you are a part of a, the body of Jesus Christ. And it, that metaphor is real. And when you slander your brother or when you get drunk on your own and, and you don't wait around and you don't let everybody in and you're, well, you, that's the big problem. That's the big problem. I don't mean that we run reckless with our faith and abuse grace. I don't mean that either. If that's the case, yes, examine yourself. But, but for a speck and a dot, and, a, and, and because you, you, all of us, have you, have, you, have you realized that the old part of you hasn't been buked or rebuked? There is no deliverance service to get rid of your sin nature. It's you. And he or she is coming along all the way. And the only way, the only way out of him or her is in him. So you can sit in the church and you can know verses and you can quote Romans 7 and know Romans 8 and still live in the misery of the end of Romans 7. But you don't have to know even what I'm talking about and I'm probably, there's a few of you that don't. But if you are in the presence of Jesus, you don't have to know five Bible verses and the Bible can be alive in you. And when you're in Jesus in the right spirit, you go to the Bible not for answers or proof texts to prove the Baptists wrong or the Catholics wrong or the Pentecostals wrong. You go for life. You go to eat. And you go to see what the Father wants to show you today through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and see that you're growing up in the coat that might be a little bit too big for you. But you're growing up in it as Samuel's growing up in the ability to hear the voice because you hear the voice and you go to the place. And that's all I have for today. <laughs> we got a meeting. Let me just say this. When we do this now, here, I want you to think of this. Well, let, let me say this. I suggest that you think of this. That the Holy Spirit wants to convince you that you are in him. But whatever you need, your faith, regardless if you feel like you're nowhere where you used, like you used to be, listen, if you're in him, that coat's on you. And he is only wanting to hear your new man talk to him. The father is only wanting the new daughter to speak. Well, what about confessing your sin? Well, right. But after that, one time the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, your prayer life is so boring. <laughs> and I said, why? Because all you do is remind me of your sin nature. You, 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 you live like you live in a dumpster just because you can, de detect the the, the, you can detect the smell of your sin nature. Tim, you were all that and more before I called you. I'll tell you what, why don't you come on over here and let me talk to you about your new nature. Yeah. Changed my life. Yes. Now, in Christ Jesus, let's go one more slide. In Christ Jesus, you... Plural. It's in the plural. Y'all. All y'all. That's how we say it in Tuscaloosa. All y'all. All y'all. 
See, this is what I'm, where, where, where we're going. All these messages are building. We're heading somewhere. When we get into the fourth volume on gifts and the grace and the power and the spirit, oh, come on, baby. But listen, we got to get our minds out of the law and out of what I'm not into I've got a garment on me. And that garment is powerful because it anointed Jesus of Nazareth to do good and heal people oppressed of the devil. And the body of Christ is a metaphor, but it's real and it's you. It's you. And it's me. But now in Christ Jesus, you plural who once were far away, look around the room. You've all been brought near. The peace in Christ shalom on you is for all of us. He's destroyed the division. He's already destroyed the division. If there's division, it's not of God, it's of us. It's of us. And why we need to do this is because this is not just about me and you, me and Jesus. Forget about yourself, forget about everybody else. And we're like Hindus just going higher and higher. No, 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 no. It's communal. Worship is as much together out here as it is up there. There is no one or the other. It's both or nothing. The communion is all. This bread, they put 12 loaves on the table representing the 12 tribes. Not just Judah, not just Issachar, Zebulun, all of them. So when we take the bread, we're not the only, we don't have the whole loaf at LOH. All. And this bread, this bread is symbolic, but I believe there's a grace. Because, listen, if Jesus is alive, then the Genesis effect is always in place. So ye, should there be anything more than symbolism when you do communion? Well, is Jesus alive? This is my body broken for you. And let me ask you to do this. Would everybody stand, please? There's two things. I, I said this to somebody... I said this to somebody at the altar a couple weeks ago, and the Holy Spirit told me to say it, and I said it very nicely, but they came to the altar and they were bowing down, and bowing down before God is a wonderful thing, but not if he wants you to stand up. Bowing down can be an indication that you haven't been able to receive the good news of the grace of God. Having your head low, as much as we want to uh, honor the Lord, sometimes we honor the Lord more by lifting our head up. And the Bible says, when it describes what God does with our head, it only says one way. He lifts our head. It doesn't say he bows our head. He lifts our head. So with heads up and eyes open, and everybody looking around. <laughs> but now, you who were far away, and not only from God. Some of us are too far away from others. And he's destroyed the dividing wall. And this represents what you're doing in me. By your wounds I've been healed. As you're taking the position where it becomes more and more my experiential possession. Please, I'm here to serve my brothers and sisters in the same way, to take the position of unity and become more experientially one with others. With that said, 
let's eat the bread. And through the blood his. The blood of bulls and goats doesn't work anymore. You shedding your blood to pay for your sin won't work. It's already been paid. Heaven speaks about it. The angels know it. The saints of old know it. The saints of new know it. The devil knows it. Oh, does the devil know it. The devil knows. He has no argument against the blood. None. Does your heart know it? The Bible says that through the eternal spirit, Jesus offered himself to God to cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we could worship the living God. And if this blood can cleanse you of the things you hope to God no one ever finds out about, then we need to never call common or unclean those that love Jesus that we've heard things about. Because if the blood works for you, why don't we just go ahead before we know for sure and let, in our idea, the blood work for them? Anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. Let's drink it together. Guys, we've got a meeting to do in a minute. We're going to take about a 10-minute break to do a meeting. But let's, uh, let's sing a song, and then we're going to close. And then we're going to have our, our meeting. You guys can stay around about five minutes. We'll get right into it after the close on about a five-minute break. But uh, whatever song you have planned, let's go ahead and do that. And uh, we'll make adjustments. How many of you are so thankful for the Word of God? I, 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 I promise you... With God's grace, and it's only by God's grace, I'm telling you, it's only by God's grace. My promise is that I'll never stand here and give you a half-hearted message. He deserves way more than I could ever bring him. But I want to give it my best shot the glory of God. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you by receiving grace. We honor you by believing that we can have confidence to approach your throne. We honor your finished work by not bowing our heads down and doing an inventory of our sin natures in your presence. We honor you by lifting up our heads, claiming that we're clothed in your righteous garments and we're here to lift up praise and welcome people into the family of faith. Hallelujah! And we believe, Jesus, that you still heal, you still set the captive free, you take crippled people and help them walk and leap and praise the living God. We believe that regardless of how dark it is in Egypt, there is always light in Goshen and Zion will be standing when Babylon falls. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Can someone shout hallelujah to God? All right, all right. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. 
If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.